Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Karen Vaughn, and today we are breaking the stigma, breaking the stigma surrounding therapy in the black community. Now, it's time that we dismantle the barriers that prevent us from seeking the support and the healing that we most definitely deserve. I'm joined here by Dr. Sigrid Elson, and we're just going to jump right into it. How can we create a safe space where women of color can feel comfortable in letting go, sharing our emotions without fear? or without judgment. Karen, it's good to be back, and I love this topic mm -hmm. uh, because it's so needed. And I think that as much as we can share about our experiences of going, I have a few clients who will say, you know, I've got my therapist, you need to get your own, you need to be in therapy to get your own. Uh -huh. And so as much as we can normalize therapy, that it's not just for our um, white counterparts or other, other groups, but that we can benefit from it too. Um, another piece is sharing resources. Mm. If there's a therapist or a group who's worked well with you or your children or sibling or someone um, you know or are close to, sharing their, those the referrals and resources of those companies, um, of those therapists is huge because as much as, um, you know, we can come together and say, well, girl, I didn't know you were going through that. You went to therapy? I went to therapy too, but I was scared to say anything. Yeah. You know, and I didn't really like it, but I want to try it again. And so I think that we have to be more um, courageous and vulnerable in sharing um, that we participate in therapy or that we're thinking about it or we're considering it. And that way we can make sure that others know it's something you can do. It can be affordable. You can find somebody who you connect with. And so we have to talk about it more. And okay. if it's companies, friends, we need to make sure that we're sharing resources and referrals. If they're posted up or mm -hmm. if it's a place to begin, we need to be able to share that and not be afraid to tell a friend who might be struggling yeah. or you're noticing some behavioral changes in them mm -hmm. or, or um, just shifts in their mood and saying, hey girl, I'm gonna pull you aside. I'm not a therapist, mm -hmm. but have you talked to somebody? You know, I, I, I kind of feel like I was going through the same thing and it helped me or it helped somebody else. Nice. Now, I, I like that approach because that was my next question. Mm -hmm. How do you approach someone when you see those signs? Mm -hmm. um, maybe they'll be open to it, perhaps mm -hmm. not. You know, mm -hmm. how do you go about doing that? Just one place that I always think of is the salon. Yes. Because the salon is the place oh where goodness. we really do let down our hair yes. and our emotions. It's mm -hmm. one of the safe spaces or first safe spaces that I felt comfortable, like mm -hmm. kind of like sharing some things, but you know, you never know who's under the dryer. Right. But long story right. short, who's connected to who? Yeah, who's <laughs> connected to who? But how do we help each other in that moment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What are some other approaches that we can use to help our sister friends? Well, you know, if the sister friends come in the form of patients or colleagues, mm. I would tell you I have uh, quite a few therapists, um, salon, uh, massage therapists, um, hairstylists if it's uh, pediatricians or general practitioners who will say, they'll, they'll give me a call and say, hey, I got some clients who are coming in, 
I don't know what to do. I don't have that kind of time to refer them out. But to say, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, your mood is kind of shifted and, and I wonder, like, what are your thoughts about it? Because I would want to help you, but I don't want to do, do you wrong or steer you uh. the wrong way by not giving you what you need. And so um, if it's not comfortable for you, mm -hmm. you know, I understand, but let me just give you, you know, a name or a couple of names and be okay with that. And if the friend um, is offended or feelings are hurt, they'll likely come back around and say, you know what, I'm so glad that you did. Mm -hmm. um, or if they're stuck, they're probably not ready, you ah. know, and then, um, and being okay with that, being okay with that, giving them some space. Mm -hmm. One thing about us is we're storytellers. Yes. We could tell a story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in sharing that story of the who, the what, the why, the entertainment mm -hmm. news, right? But then how do we use the power of our storytelling, but then adding our personal narratives to kind of break down the walls mm -hmm. and reaching um, more black women in their therapy sessions, as well as going to therapy and breaking the stigma? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say a couple different ways that okay. kind of come to mind is there is a theoretical approach that is called narrative, um, okay. narrative therapy that I think is great in um, in therapy with individuals of different or more diverse ethnic backgrounds because um, once the foundation is set that you're not educating but you're you're kind of educating me about you. Mm. And so not your whole culture, not everybody who's from this particular region, but you're sharing um, some highlighting, some personal experiences that, that resonated with you and, and stand out. It doesn't have to be the negative stuff or all, all bad type of um, occurrences or traumatic ones, but even the ones that were meaningful because oftentimes those are what a lot of individuals are missing mm -hmm. and craving or wishing that they had. Um, you know, I think about music, poetry, so the, some of the other ways. Oh, wow. Music. I, I love Erica Badu. I love Jill Scott. Um, mm -hmm. Love Prince. It, you know, when you hear someone um, testifying in a way, you can, you can often tell. Like, some people will make a post and say, if you think that my posts are about me, then you got it wrong. But a lot of these songs, it's either them directly or someone close to them. And yeah. they often um, connect with people because it's very real. It's very much a real... Um, experience. So mm -hmm. I do think that even in um, friendships, through song, through through dance, through therapy, even being able to disclose a little bit, I will. I'll share um, one of my areas is fertility um, challenges, and so I will even share like, yes, you know, my my family, we experienced that too. Um, some therapists would say you shouldn't self-disclose, but I know with people who look like me, it helps some because we're so closed about certain topics. I don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it because it makes me feel like I'm less of a woman. Mm. I'm not living up to the expectation or the family name. And so some individuals will hold back, but once they see somebody who looks like them, it's like, wait, you, you, went, through that, you went through that too. No, I'm gonna, not going to go through all the details, but it does let you know. I know about all the appointments and the phone calls and the tears, and, and um, I, I have some, some connection and reflection with that. And so I mm -hmm. think that narrative can serve... Um, two purposes mm -hmm. to build the therapeutic alliance, the relationship ah, and yeah. a trusting environment. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on when we see various groups and mm -hmm. apps and mm -hmm. social media groups in regards to therapy and, mm -hmm. and mental health? Um, is that a good place to, for one to start or to research and, and kind of breaking the stigma when you talk about community and building that narrative? It could be a good place. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. 
You know, it's just yesterday my mother had mentioned to me about this, some, some app or something she had seen about talk therapy. And so she said, you know, you just don't know who's on the other side. Yeah. And so it's interesting because pre-COVID, I was anti-virtual therapy, just no. Like I like the direct contact. Mm -hmm. I need to see your body language. Yeah. What are some of your habits when you get nervous? Mm -hmm. What do I notice in your face when you feel um, anxious or sad that a lot of others might not be able to see or you think that you're hiding and you're not? Mm -hmm. um, but COVID hit and we had to shift. And because of my area, most of my clients were expecting or had just delivered. So they wanted to remain safe and not, not yeah. come in. And so um, I started to hear about a lot of other sites like that. Um, that. You know, when you mentioned some of these sites where you can um, go to different groups and have therapy this way, that way. You know, I, um, I think they can be good or like an entry point, but there are a lot of um, groups or group chats that can help someone um, feel more connected and less alone. So I think you have to do it with caution because some individuals, I would say maybe the adolescent population are sometimes kind of clinging to particular groups mm. and that can feed them with ideas that might not be healthy for them. So I think it's always great if someone's going to look into that, that they have some parameters around how much, how far, how much do they get consumed with it. We don't have control all the time over all the different sites that mm -hmm. our children might go to and things like that. But, um, but I do think it's important to pay attention to different um, sides. And it does, like I said, normalize some of the experiences and might say, okay, well this person in this group said that they started with the group therapy. And mm -hmm. so that might feel a little less um, intimidating if I'm in a group and I'm not the only one who's the main focus. That ah. could be an entryway to, I think, individual therapy by going through some of the groups online, social media, or group therapy, group counseling type of um, environments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they've helped, especially during COVID, to mm -hmm. the introduction yeah, of therapy? Yeah, yes, okay. I do, I do. Okay. I, think it, I think it did make it um, easier because a lot of individuals probably felt like, I don't know how I could get to therapy, how I can mm -hmm. get to a particular um, location, how can I make it work? Will I have this kind of time off from work or mm -hmm. between children or studying or whatever? Mm -hmm. And so I do think that, um, that time period did shift how we how we see things, and a lot of these different um, mm -hmm. you know programs, organizations kind of developed from that. I would be hesitant just because I'm like I don't know what was your training or where'd you train or who right, right, who'd right, you train right, right. with and what'd you do and what what are your real lived experiences that mm -hmm. help me feel like I can trust that you can help me. Mm -hmm. And so I do understand the apprehension about it, but I do think it can be a gateway. Mm -hmm. So, why this field for you? Why this field? Oh. Well, you know what? I actually started uh, my, my journey and wanted to become a psychologist when I was 13. Wow. And I had watched this movie, The Burning Bed, and it was about a woman who was uh, married, had three children. Fair Fawcett. Fair Fawcett. Yes! yes. <laughs> yes. This is like 86 or 87, something yes. like that. Okay. And so, um, so she was being abused by her husband. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, every place she goes for help. No one listened. No one was listening. And it broke my heart. I didn't, it was very much the opposite of how I was raised in my environment. My parents both educated, um, mm -hmm. college educated individuals who were working. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought, wow, this is a white woman who cannot get help. And so I thought, mm. oh, isn't this interesting? And so to me at that point, I saw her go to different social service offices and it was like, well, why didn't you leave? Or why can't you just go? Where's your family? Why are you in it so long? And so I realized they were re-victimizing her ah. and blaming her for mm -hmm. being in the situation or staying in it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I gotta do something for different groups to help Aww. them become 
unstuck, you know, in disadvantaged yeah. groups. And that's where, that is where it started when I was uh, 13, and it has definitely been a passion um, for me, and domestic violence in particular, not mm -hmm. my experience, but from that movie with mm -hmm. Farrah Fawcett, mm -hmm. uh, Mayor Soul Rest, was yeah. where it all started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, God gave you your purpose early on in life. Thank you. Yes, I do believe that is, yeah. that is so. Mm -hmm. My name, Sigrid, means beautiful counselor. Um, wow. And uh, my dad named me, so I don't know if he saw something that I did not see, but I mm -hmm. received it. Mm -hmm. And we receive it as well. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you for thank helping you. us break the stigma. Oh, I'm and, glad to be here. And if one wanted to connect with you, how can we reach you? Yes, you can reach me at diversecounseling.org or 317-835. 9204 or from yours truly is Karen Vaughn would definitely be able to find me in order to provide you with resources for help. Mm -hmm. Again, thank you for being here. Right. We appreciate you, you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to exhale and be well.